Hi, and welcome to episode 263 of No Crying in Baseball, the youthful exuberance. Epitome of youthful exuberance, especially after watching two late night World Series games. We did bitch and moan about like school night, mm-hmm. you know, late late time baseball. Right. And it, well, we, and it was a weekend when we started. Which is even worse. Which is even worse. Oh my god! It starts at eight o'clock. What the hell? Yeah, this is wrong. But like all next week, they're going to be eight o'clock games too. Which I get. I mean, if I used to be on the West Coast, oh, I get that. You know, you're already cutting it close by the you know West Coast people not being able to you know having well, to start watching at five o'clock. But which West Coast team is playing their baseball they, fans okay. are everywhere right. I, I can't care. believe you just said that i, I, I have we have good Some friends on the west coast of our I best friends yes, are, yes. what the heck i'm yeah. disappointed well then then they, i'm sure they would enjoy afternoon baseball on the ride home from work right <laughs> they did a story in the washington post about on um, the last time there was there were day games in the world series and it was like in the 70s wow yeah I think that would be nice. Why not do Because people rating? work and go to school. Yeah, well, I'm not on the weekends, some people, like a weekend day game. Yeah, okay. Sure. I mean, bring that. bring the family. It would be, it, I think that's about because the ratings. that's an affordable day out, right. a World <laughs> Series game with your family of four. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, this country is going to the control of the uber-rich, so. Oh, my God. So fuck? speaking of uber-rich, I come to watch World Series games <laughs> at the Potty Mouth House. <laughs> In the basement because I get to watch it super big. Um, thank you, projector. Um, on, yeah. on, so it's, it's sort of the big. It's actually the big wall rather than the big screen. It is. It is. And and for those of you who have visions of this like glorious basement, there is a sheet up <laughs> that is covering the the doorway to where the cat uses the litter boxes. Isn't on that one classy side. though? I mean, there's super, super classy. classy down here. I and like it. I don't know. There's there's a little bit to be desired, but it's comfy. It's functional. We have we do have a big wall where we can project stuff, and there's beer. Close by. So. I mean, so why wouldn't I come yeah, over? Right. But the best thing that happened was um, right before Ooh. game one, we're watching the pregame things, including the national anthem. And for those of you who have listened for a while, you know the Potty Mouth really hates when Orioles fans scream O oh, during the national anthem. Uh, uh, with a passion. With a passion. Especially when it happens elsewhere than Camden Yards. But even at Camden Yards, I'm a little grumpy. And yet, and yet, during the national anthem preceding Game One of the World Series, Potty Mouth yelled. Well, didn't yell, but but visibly, you know, said, "Oh." During the national anthem, at the right time, as if you were an Orioles fan, right. and I quickly had to like text it so I'd have a time and date stamp. <laughs> you have a date st- time. I, stamp I have a on time that. and date wow. stamp on that. Yeah, because, right. well, because Junior Potty Mouth needed to know that yeah. it happened too. Because let us have our fun, and now yeah. we. Firmly believe you are secretly a nose fan, even though you say you're not. And this, I think, is with the nail in the coffin. You're one of us. We're people now. So I'm still going to cringe whenever it happens when I'm there in person. But it just seemed like that's a festive Pavlovian. moment. That's not because you believe it. You just can't <laughs> right. help it. It was a festive moment. Yes, they are nice guys, and it's going to be fun. I'll, I'll go to, uh, to Camden Yards enough next season to appreciate it, I think. But... I wouldn't go as far as a fan. But you did it. You owed yeah. out loud. I, I did owe out loud. <laughs> it, was, it was a moment of fun. You know what, though? Today is, speaking of alternate fandoms that I might embrace, it is a day to commemorate. Today, this is Sunday, uh, October 30th. Three years ago is when the Nats won the World Series. So yeah. I'm wearing my Nats World Series shirt. I'm wearing my Nats, uh, what is this, cap. We have Nat's koozies, which I'm sure will be in some sort of social media eventually. And we are drinking. Well, we drank something that was good that I don't remember what it was called. But right now we're about to open, <laughs> appropriately named, The Corruption by DC Brow. 
which is one of our staple favorites. It's a solid beer, and it's appropriate for right now. Oh, and I'm opening my beer instead of getting the video thing ready to Well, you have your priorities. You. Yeah. You have priorities, and I, I appreciate that. I almost remembered to get it. Yeah, I did remember to get it. Did you? All right. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. Okay. On today's show, we've got our World Series check-in, including the old guys, the young guys, boyfriends, and a spotlight on diversity. We've got What's Up With The Pool Host Bats, Silver Slugger nominees, and the Defense or Sexy Awards, and international baseball. Cheers. I will drink to that. Actually, I'm going to have to pour my beer before I drink to that. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit first. So, uh, hope you pour your beer while you talk. Oh, sure. That'll <laughs> that is some time. That is tech support. Woo. Classic. Okay. So, what we do on this podcast and what you're going to hear us do really soon, as soon as the World mm-hmm. Series is over, is pick baseball boyfriends, one per team. We pick them in the offseason because they're kind of cool. And then we check up on our picks because, you know, ideally we like to pick guys who are also good players as well as good people. And in uh, because we pick one per team, you would think that at this moment in time, we would each have two boyfriends, or yeah, we would each have two boyfriends in the World Series, one on each team. Because I would think that. that is what is supposed to happen, but... Things get wonky mid-season when trades happen, and then we have to make adjustments because we can't have two guys on one team. But this is who we pick. Because we have anyway. stupid rules. Yeah. Patty's a commish. Um, on the Astros, we have three boyfriends. You have Chris T- uh, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker. Or King Tuck, if you, if you yes. like all the shiny crowns, which you didn't like. I loved all the shiny crowns in the I outfield. I just think they were a little distracting with the lights. Like, I wonder, maybe it was just on the on the video. I, maybe in I, I person, think it's, it's, it's I think not it's a, a TV big camera deal. thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Kyle Tucker, hero, who you will be hearing about in the near future. I have two boyfriends on the Astros. I have um, Machete Maldonado, catcher. And then Trey Mancini was my O's boyfriend, and he moved over. So technically, I'm supposed to just keep one, but that is for our fantasy league, which is way over. So I'm going to claim at this moment both Machete and Trey Mancini, and I really, really want to see Trey Mancini just get a hit in the World Series because he's such a good guy. On that f- may be why Potty Mouth um, yelled O oh, during the there, national anthem. I'm yeah. going to give you an out there, but even though I know better. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's, yeah, I totally planned that. Um, and then on the Phillies – I have Nick Maton. I, I still don't know how to pronounce that's, his name because I saw him play for the very first time last night. It's, it's very easy to pronounce your name because you're doing it exactly right. All right. Maton. He came mm-hmm. in in game two. It was not so exciting, but I was happy to see a boyfriend there. But I also have Edmundo Sosa who got came over from the Cardinals. I wish I wrote that down. I'm going to say it like I believe it. I think it's the Cardinals. And <laughs> then you've got Ye of Much Hair, Brandon Marsh, who – has been whole, if you've been listening to our show the past couple of weeks, Patty pointed out how he wets his hair often. Right? Often, mm-hmm. and if you take note while watching the world, I have been watching his hair. It always looks just a little damp. It does, and he started out as my angel's boyfriend, and then mm. came over um, at the trade deadline to um, to the Phillies. That's right. And my initial Phillies boyfriend never got out of the minors, so he is, is my guy, my current boyfriend, who is on the Phillies now. Even though that wasn't how I planned it, it's just just. Things happen. You know, it's kismet, right? Stuff just kind of comes together, and here we are with three boyfriends on each team. And so that's the current. That's our this year's current crop, 2022 boyfriends. But if you go into the overall, it's interesting because I think it shows something about clearly our, our quality of choice, that we have so many boyfriends on these two rosters, eight on each. And I love how it's also, again, balanced out. So in the Astros total, including the guys that I said before, so Maldonado, 
Jose Altuve I'd chosen before. I'd led me Diaz you had chosen. Um, Mauricio Dubon, Trey Mancini, and Jeremy Pena are all mine previous. And, well, Dubon and Pena previous. And you had previously chosen Jordan Alvarez and as well as Kyle Tucker. So on the Phillies, you have got a bunch. I do. So it's totally understandable why you are so happy with the Phillies. Uh, JT Realmuto, Alec Bohm, Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura, Nick Castellanos, and Brandon Marsh are all yours. And it's interesting, too. So it's not just that um, you've got a lot of guys, but you've got the guys who are always playing and doing stuff. So you're always watching a bunch of boyfriends on the Phillies. I have two who show up once in a while. <laughs> Nick Maitan and, and Edmundo Sosa have both subbed in briefly. No, Sosa had a, bu- a bunch of time last night, but he yep. didn't do much besides make a big error. Um, corrections department. I think I previously, so we haven't mentioned any pitchers because we pick them by the flock. And I think I previously said that I picked Astros pitching. I did not. You know I what? You know, I remember Astros what that pitching. was. Our very first um season was mm. actually during the 2017 World Series. Right. So we talked about Astros oh. pitching a lot. And so it felt like we had, you yeah. know, that you had picked them or I had picked them during that time because we had lots of time to talk about them because we came on during the World Series. Thank you for bailing me out like that. That's that's. Good. I have more than one job <laughs> on the ship and I'm happy to do it. All right. How about all those guys you have? So, okay, I'm officially making my call. I've done it in print. Now I'm doing it on on recording. Phillies in six. Um, And I also had said if Phillies win game one, they're definitely winning the World Series. Because my concern was that all those days off between, you know, winning the pennant and the World Series starting might have them lose their momentum when they were totally playing with their hair on fire because of momentum and all of that hair. I mean, they had a lot of fuel for <laughs> playing with their hair on fire. Um, but now more than ever, um, I, I've been enjoying the chaos. I've been enjoying like the scrappy way they've been winning. Um, but then Junior Potty Mouth, who is also um, a frequent contributor to um, research information, mm-hmm. sent us this piece that was in on Fox Sports about the Phillies right before they came into the World Series. And it's about like how much fun they're having as a team. That's so and cool. there, are, there were so many gems. I'm going to share a couple of gems. Okay. I'm also going to link to the piece. Um, there are so many young guys who are on the infield. They call them Phillies daycare. <laughs> and among those are three of our boyfriends, Alec Bohm, um, Nick Maton, and um, Maton. Sorry. Now I'm saying it wrong. Because you, you got right. me. I'm, sorry. You're, you're in my head I don't my know if it was now. like a baton, Maton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. so, so Nick, Nick Maton and, and, and Brendan Marsh, Baseball Jesus, are three of the guys who are considered yeah. – Phillies daycare and this article <laughs> talked about the goofy fun and like atmosphere in the clubhouse makes it like the greatest college baseball team of all time. That's hysterical. Because it's that kind of a thing. And I told you last week how like Nick Castellanos was talking about how like they, they encourage the guys to let their freak flags fly. He, had a, <laughs> he and um, Kyle Schwarber, you know, who are two of like the elder statesmen among this group of children, had a couple of great things. And like Castellano said, there are times in my career that I felt like an energetic kid and other times I felt like an employee. Hmm. So, you know, you can kind of tell where he is right now. And Kyle Schwarber said, you know, we're going out there to win every single day, but we're also going to try to find the fun, quirky things about every single day that make you smile and laugh. How can I not be into this team? How can you not yeah. be romantic about baseball? These are my people. Yeah, well, and I, I adore, of course, Schwarber. And, uh, and everybody knows that he's earned us free tacos. And it was very cute to see him being interviewed afterwards it's like oh of course I'm the guy who's gonna get the free tacos and yeah he stole 10 bases over the season that's not bad but also Alec Bohm I think predicted it like he had an interview before the game saying Schwarber's gonna be the guy to get the tacos he's got the most bases I guess of the season that's awesome 
So go so, figure. It's like I want to compare this to a lot of the things you read about the Astros is how they're like they're efficient and they're a buzzsaw and they're businesslike. Hmm. And they're very good at baseball. Yeah. But I want scrappy. Yeah. I want these guys who are like doing karaoke and goofing off and going out to dinner together because they enjoy each other's company yeah. and are just there to they know they're doing their job and they're doing it. They, they're playing to win, but they also can really enjoy it along the way, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um uh, the 538 says that this World Series is the seventh most lopsided matchup on paper since 1903. If you look at, like, run differential, like the, the um, Astros going in having won more than 100 yeah. games, like, all, and all of these different saying, yeah. metrics, it's way, way slanted. But you know how I love me an underdog. Yeah. So, boyfriends, um, real quick. So, um, JT Realmuto, uh, he was the game one hero. In two ways. Was he, he ever? He hit a two-run double in the fifth to tie the game. Remember, they had a five-run deficit. And then in the tenth inning, as leadoff, he became the first catcher to hit a World Series extra innings home run since... Carlton Fisk, my original baseball boyfriend from the Red Sox in 1975, who waived his fare. So I, I'm like wondering, were there any shots of Real Muto doing anything with his arms? After no, he, he said he had a run because he wasn't sure it was out. Wow. It was actually a shorter hit than his double. Because of, of the direction that he Wild. hit it, and he really thought that Kyle Tucker might possibly bring it down. So he he said, "I could, couldn't stop and wave. I had wow. to run. I had to run." That's so wild. there's that. I have a really fun game one fun fact for you. Okay. Every single score, every single run was driven in by a boyfriend. That is so cool. Every See one of them. See how good we are. So, Pay attention to us in the offseason. So two Kyle Tucker home runs and a Maldonado single for the Astros, <laughs> and then a Castiano single, single, a bone double, and the two Real Muto hits that I just mentioned were were all the, the runs scored. And, and you're, you're being very humble there because all I have in that mess is a single. Everything else is guys that you picked. I was, you just royal yeah. we. I mean, it's us. There we it's go. It's okay. It's, it's a team effort. We're all about the team, right? We are. We're all about the Phillies and, and, yeah. our, and our personal team. Yeah. yeah so Although, a couple of those teams. And, and we had talked about before game one of Kyle Tucker making some statement about him. You know, this is going to be just, we're going to get this done in four games or something like that. Let's be and, efficient. And he was, he gave it his all. He did the best that he, he was trying to live up to it, man. No, the other guys weren't so much. Yeah. Oh, well. But I do have some sympathy for the Astros. So I've been sort of going back and forth depending on what's the most entertaining during the show. But in my gut, I have this intense sympathy, especially for, for two players, two older statesmen, because I myself feel, you know, connected to the concept of older statesmen. Even with your youthful exuberance? I'm an exuberant older elder statesman. <laughs> and and my dad, too, is, is kind of in on this with Dusty Baker, who, I mean, just loving Dusty clearly from the Nats days, but that he is the oldest manager in the World Series at, at the, at the uh, spring chicken age, ripe young age of 73. And that he has the most regular season wins as a manager without a World Series win. So everybody else in that like top 10 list has something. He's number nine on the list of wins as a manager all time without a ring. And he, there was an interview with him, that I think it was before game two, where he was very zen about it. Like, I'm going to do it. It's just a matter of when. And he wasn't really clear that it's going to be now really but he would just has this faith that he's going to end up winning the world series i hope that he is right um he actually won a ring when he was a player which i didn't realize for the dodgers in 1981 
The last two teams to blow a five or more run lead in the World Series were both managed by Dusty Baker. So we saw it happen in game one just a couple nights ago, but he also did that with the 0-2 Giants. So I don't know, Dusty, you got to make some good decisions there. The other guy that I have all the feels for is uh, Justin Verlander who has started World Series games in three different decades. The first two decades were with the Tigers and then now with the Astros. And the only other pitcher to have done that is the impressive Roger Clemens. But the difference is Verlander hasn't won any of the games that he has pitched in those World that Series, is which is bizarre. Shocking. Yeah. That is shocking. So I feel bad for him. He didn't lose game one because it was tied, but he didn't win it either. So I'm just hoping, you know, I, I think the series is, well, the series is clearly going to game five at least. So maybe he gets to pitch game five and win. Like I would totally, completely go in for cheering for Verlander in game five if it's not a night that I'm working. Did, did you make a prediction? Oh, yeah. So my prediction that I said out loud on a lark right before the game started when you said Phillies and six, and I think Mr. Potty Mouth is very pro-Phillies. He might have even said fewer. And he bakes um, cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so he might be my favorite right and now. I don't know. He, there's a, it's Boy, he, he definitely has the the credit for being a favorite, I think. <laughs> the, um, the, the characteristics, all those things. Yep. But I out loud just said Astros and five because, I don't know, it just kind of came to me. It's looking a little bleak now. I was sort of thinking that if they were going to do it in five, they had to win the first two, really, because it's going to be... I don't think I totally, go to the jungle. Yeah, I hadn't thought through clearly enough that Philadelphia, like, and just looking at Astros fans, yeah, they they gave it their all, but compared to what's going to happen in Philly, it was nothing. It's going to be a zoo. It's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. Astros fans were enthusiastic, mm-hmm. but Philly's fans, man, they are overpowering. Yeah. This is what this is the stuff they live for. Yeah, actually, interesting. Trey Mancini said he is looking forward. Did you see this article in the Athletic? About him it was lovely he is looking forward to being booed in philadelphia because he feels like you know of course the first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth when they introduce trace mancini is cancer survivor stage three colon cancer which is a big fucking deal and it's amazing that he's made this comeback and, he's and usually everybody the claps theory. for him because of that right yeah so he was like he feels like he's almost gotten too nice of a treatment you know because ever since he came back no matter where he goes he's being clapped for where he used to be booed for and he's like I think I'm gonna finally get booed in Philadelphia so oh I love that that's that's, that's, that's a real like turning point yeah it's like you're seeing me as a player you're not seeing me as a cancer survivor so what I'm hoping is that like inspires him to get a fucking hit in the series so I'd like to see so you've made the transition yeah okay (laughs) yeah so uh, the, the other Astros players though that I are just so cute. These are absolute like sun figures. Like they could definitely be our kids. Mauricio Dubon, who I picked in 21 on the Giants, is the second Honduran player period in the MLB. So I kind of knew right away that he was the first to the World Series because I Googled the other guy and he hadn't made it to the World Series. Interestingly though, his name is Gerald Young, not a very Honduran sounding name. And he played in MLB for seven years. Five of those years, he played with the Astros, but he never made it to the World Series. Shout out to Junior Potty Mouth for texting me this morning a tweet that he had seen that said, second Honduran player in MLB, or first Honduran player in MLB to make it to the World Series. And I was like, I kind of deduced that. So I felt like, all right, I figured something out. But yeah, also, yeah. also, yay to Junior Potty Mouth for keeping an eye on that. And he is just such a cute kid. There's a really sweet... Um, 
uh, interview with him where he talks about. I thought you mentioned your potty mouth. Oh well, Junior potty also. mouth is also adorable. But uh, <laughs> but Mauricio Dubon talked about like the sacrifices that his parents had made yeah. for him to get here, and the sacrifices that he made coming as a 15 year old kid giving up everything, you know, leaving his family to go live with this host family in California and not speaking English and all that stuff. And and here he is playing. So, oh, he made it on the field in the end of the game last night. But I'm hoping that we see more of him so that he, um, I don't know, can wave that flag high. And then there is Jeremy Pena, another like baby doe-eyed guy who I picked in 20, like way before his time, who ended up being the MVP of the NCLS, which uh, which we wait. I didn't say N- that right. NLCS. Why do I? I have two jobs. Problem, on right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Curing my. All right, NLCS, and he is the tenth rookie in MLB history at this point to score in a World Series, and he's done pretty well. So I'm looking forward to more <laughs> from Pena. So that's my that's my Astros sympathy. I still love, I mean, I love your concept. I totally get it. Like, the Phillies are fun. Philadelphia is going to be crazy. I wish I could watch. It's fucking school night. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard for me to get a lot of those games in. But I'm going to get as much as I can because it's going to be crazy. I'm going to be so overly caffeinated. It's going to be ugly. Oh, there's that. I just need to stock up in caffeine. There yeah. is a Starbucks drive through on the way to work. Not really on the way to work, but I can see. Make but it I'm on thinking like work. the late in the afternoon caffeine yeah. fix that you need. Know, oh, well, I'll never go to sleep if I have this, yeah. but that's kind of what we need. Yeah. The, I'll never go to sleep. We're once. just yeah. kind of baggy eyes. Okay, so I'm going to. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to take the wind out of the sails of some people who are finding some kind of conspiracy theory in um, in in your boyfriend um, Maldonado getting bats from. Thank Pujols. you. They're just looking. Uh, yeah, so looking here's for that the thing. You, you may have seen that uh, or, or heard the story that um, that um, Maldonado requested bats from Albert Pujols. Um, he, asked, he asked for one, kind of as good luck and yeah. kind of as I want to honor your career. Mm-hmm. I want to take one of your bats to the World Series. It's going to be good luck for me. Yeah. I, you know, you've been amazing. You, you know, whatever. So then at, after he uses a bat in game one, MLB says, you can't use that bat. It's illegal. Which probably 47% of the population said, oh, there go those Astros cheating right. again. Right. Not exactly. So here's what happened. It's still weird on the pool host end of things. Not so much on yeah. the Maldonado part. So in 2009, there was like a safety commission that reviewed bats that broke into multiple pieces. You know, when, you, oh, when someone has a hit and yeah. the bat breaks, they, it was it's super dangerous when it mm-hmm. shatters and there's pieces go everywhere. So they did a study and they made some recommendations. They made new rules about how bats are constructed. Both the grain of the wood has to be straighter so that things don't splinter the way they've been splintered, but also the barrel mm-hmm. of the bat is a little bit smaller. It can't be, you know, any bigger than a certain size. Hmm. And like eight, seven or eight other things, but they're all safety considerations. They're not because this will give you an unfair advantage. Okay. So this makes it safer. So the weird thing is they said, well, if you've been playing <laughs> since before 2010, you don't have to follow our safety rules. That's like saying, oh, you were riding in cars before seatbelts were required, so go, don't worry about it. You don't have to wear a seatbelt. So I don't get this. They did grandfather <laughs> in bats. They grandfathered in players. And they pretty much, the players use bats from before those regulations came into, into that is weird. play, right? So the weird thing is that pool hosts continued to use those bats, yeah. and, you know, we had, like, 300 or more of his 700 plus home runs were hit with bats with a barrel larger than anybody else could use. So did that give him an advantage in some Maybe. way? Maybe. It's a bigger bat. 
hmm. bigger bat. You, you know, you, not probably not a lot, yeah. but possibly. So that's the that's the part that's weird. Yeah, the loaning it to Maldonado, to, to giving him, he sent like six. I think it's like half a dozen bats to Maldonado, and he he used, should have known better. He should have known better. But again, it's the person, not the bat, mm-hmm. that gets grandfather. But clearly, it's also the bat. Right. Also the bat. Um, so Maldonado, you know, uses this bat, which is illegal. MLB sees it and says, hey, don't do that anymore. I mean, he's not going to be punished for it. And they even said it doesn't give you a competitive advantage. I mean, he, he did get that single. That was yeah. one of the, the scores. But, you know, but it's a safety thing. We don't want this bat to shatter in a thousand pieces and take out people's eyes. Yeah. Right. So that's what that was. Um, so it does it have a larger barrel. But that's, you know, really the, that and it's not as safe. But um, that's the story. So chill out, folks. Right. I mean, this is not another Astros cheating scandal. <laughs> it was a bad move by pool host because he did know better. Yeah. And they, they and so the, the Astros lost that game, though. So they lost. So at least there's not that kind of thing that they can can. Right, yeah. and the, the fact that he did hit a run in, if that had been like a, right. you know, a winning run, that they might have had more of a an issue about it. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't, there's a lot of like looking for the cheating on the Astros, and I and one of the reasons I think why I'm a little sympathetic toward them is because they are trying so hard to get past, or the, you know, the ones who cheated to do something to make up for it. And yes, apologizing would be better. Well, maybe not better, but part of it. Um, but like, what else are you supposed to do? Like show that you're good enough in the first place. And so that's what they're trying to do. And Framber Valdez got a bunch of shit yesterday for fixing his hair and like this, you know, accusations that there were substances or something I like that. I didn't see on that. that. They were giving him shit for yeah. just like flipping his hair out of the Yeah. Way. And the thing is his hair was like sticking out. Like we kept being really distracted by it. And, <laughs> so and he, by we potty mouth means potty mouth. I, I didn't care. So <laughs> I was really just bugging me. There was just one lock on the side, but there were all sorts of accusations that every time he, and here I go doing it, um, that he moved his hair back, that there was some substance thing, but they checked him. They checked God, him. can you imagine if they would have checked his hair with a shitstorm that would have been? Oh, my God. That would have been like, gross. Like the Musgrove ears thing? That would yeah. have been gross. So, oh, my God. But like checking locks. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't touch my hair. Yeah. He's yep. such, and he's such a good guy. Hey, kind of related. Okay. A little bit related. There are some diversity things that have come um, yeah. to the forefront. Um, because of the World Series that we're going to talk about right now. Tony Clark, um, who's the head of the Players Union, kind of called out Major League Baseball on some diversity failings because this is the first World Series since 1950 without a single U.S.-born black player. That's crazy. Without, without one. one. And there are, there's a higher percentage of players of color mm-hmm. than there have been before, but those are almost all... International players. Yeah. So that's different. That's different. Um, so on opening day in 2022, 7.2% of players were, um, were American-born black players. That number was 19% in 1995. We are going the wrong direction by a lot. That's crazy. So Tony Clark is a former player himself. And he pointed out that when he was playing, which is mm-hmm. like 2010, 2013, it's been a while, um, that... The, the black players on the teams were very encouraging to the other black players and also mm. up-and-coming players, and also kids mm-hmm. who were looking at them as role models. And so you had that person to look to and to talk to and be encouraged by. And he said um, toward the end, and by the end he means now, or maybe even the end of his career, less and less of those conversations were being had because there were less of those players to have them wow. with. So you've got this downward spiral. You've got fewer people to look to that look like you. Mm-hmm. 
to, to help you see, yeah, I can do that. I can be that because, look, he's doing that. And so that the reach is getting smaller and smaller. On the other hand, Major League Baseball is, is, has been doing some things. And, and some of them have been paying off a little bit. These are baby steps. They're baby steps going in the right direction. But nine black players were drafted in the first round this year, including four of the first five draftees. Which wow, is a lot. That's right. The, that's, the, the, weren't they legacies? Some of them legacies? Some of them were legacies. Most since 1992. But what I like is six of the first 18 came from youth programs that were established by MLB to try to, to, to grow the game. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. That, that, you know, this whole thing is definitely a failing on MLB. But I think that they're late. Like these programs have been happening in the past few years. So I think where we're witnessing what happened with that gap of time where they weren't doing enough and where on the flip side, there were a lot of stuff for rich folks, you know, a lot yep. of stuff with with player deve- with um, travel teams and, and college uh, workshops and stuff like that for people who could afford it. And so MLB was late to the game in Yes, and exactly what you were pointing out, that some of these kids that went in the first round are kids of Major League Baseball yeah. players. So they, in fact, in their own families had that guidance and yeah. that you did it, I could do it. They didn't have to look anywhere else for that. Um, but it's not just players. It's managers and it's front office. That's huge. So our pal Dusty Baker is one of only two black managers in Major League Baseball. And um, Kenny Williams, who's the executive vice president of the White Sox, is the only black director of baseball operations in all of MLB. Um, and that, Tony Clark points out, that's on management. Management can mm-hmm. decide who they want to hire. They can do better. They can do better with outreach. They yep. can do better with recruiting. They can do better with creating a pipeline to train people. Yeah. How, like, how, do you, how do you grow into these positions? So that's, that's on management. Um, you know, the other parts are wider. There, there, there are things that communities can do. I mean, there's a lot that MLB can do, but, yeah. but also there's a lot of other ways to encourage kids to play the game. But yeah, so that, I, I like that he was able to use this really kind of horrifying statistic mm-hmm. to kind of put a, um, a spotlight on this issue of um, very few American black American born black players. Oh yeah, and Dusty Baker's been very vocal about it also. And, and he's been encouraging too. He's like, "This is yeah, this is bad." Yeah, and he is Dusty. It is changing, but very slowly. Yeah, and will be. I mean, there needs to be a lot more stepping up, a lot more stepping up. So we're going to do a little shift and celebrate some awards here. And the Silver Slugger nominees have come out. Last last week we talked about the Golden Glove nominees because we love our sexy defense. But we like some hitting too. And so our baseball boyfriends are doing pretty well. Overall, yet again, Patty wins. That's like the byline constantly with these things. Patty's guys are doing a little bit better than my guys. But her, uh, your current boyfriends... Corey Seager from Texas. Interesting, a lot of Texas here, too. Corey Seager, Texas. Kyle Tucker, Houston. And then you've also got Adley, of Adley. course. It's so cool to see him getting a silver slugger. Well, like, nominee. It's yeah, nominee. I, all right, nominee. Yep. But still, as a rookie. As a rookie. Like, holy cow. And That's Giancarlo Stanton, not a, not a shocker with, with the silver slugger. And then for me, Adelise Garcia, also Texas. Teoscar Hernandez from Toronto. And Machete, good to see that. Martin, which... Makes me kind of confused about the whole Christian Vasquez thing, but whatever. If Martin Maldonado did well enough to get a silver slugger, not quite sure why they brought in Vasquez, but I'm just bitter. I'm, that's all. He's happy. He's going to get a ring. Well, maybe he'll get a ring. Oh, he'll, yeah. You were speaking he, that was a little, a little too close. soon there. That was a little close. He's, mm. he's, 
He's enjoying the mm-hmm. fun. All right. Enjoying the fun is yeah. great. That's awesome until somebody loses an eye. Yeah. Um, so the um, the Defense is Sexy Awards that have been given out are the Fielding Bible Awards. So if you love defensive analytics, you should go to the Fielding Bible site because they track every possible way to cut defensive hmm. um, statistics. It's really fun. So their awards is one per position. And I want to say a big yay to Jorge Mateo, who's the first Orioles shortstop to ever win That's so cool. this award for a shortstop. And he has great hair. He does have great hair. Um, two two outfielders for the Guardians won, so I'm excited about those. Wow. Um, Stephen Kwan, who's a rookie who plays left field for Cleveland, he Baby. was the only unanimous winner. Wow. Yep. And um, my future Cleveland boyfriend, Miles Straw, the center fielder, um, they're, both of them are the first Guardians to win at their positions. I'm, I might have to go for Kwan. I know you're going I for Kwan. I think I have to. I'm sure you're going for Stephen Kwan. <laughs> yeah. There was no doubt ever that you were going for Stephen Kwan. All right, at least we've got a couple picks to um, look forward to. So our former boyfriends, you win this one. Um, oh, hey. Arenado won for third base for the fifth time. Wow. Um, Pookie, Mookie Betts, won for right field for the fifth time. All right. And then my former boyfriend, Tommy um, Tommy Edmund, um, won the multi-position <laughs> award. Um, and that's only been given, like, I think, when was it? started like 1915 or, I mean, 2015 or 16. So I mean, it hasn't been that long. It's, wow. it's a fairly new one, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's your utility player. I was going to say, it's one. a fan- fancy way of saying utility. It, it is. position. It is. But um, if you go to the site, you can um, see their individual stats, like you know, how many runs saved. How many, it's, it's very cool. It's very fun. Fun for geeking out. Absolutely. All right, I am going to get on my international baseball pedestal right now and give you a World Baseball Classic update. It is coming in March, and there are some tickets available. You can get tickets in Miami if you are a fan of Israel or Nicaragua. Those are the only two packages that are available, and the only way you can do it is get all those tickets for those countries. So I am not quite there. I would like to see a little bit more choice, but... If you're in the Miami area and you want to get some tickets and you're not a a Marlins season ticket holder, there you go. Arizona, you can get tickets to anything except for you have to get all of them. So you can get 10 packs because this is one of the the first round. So Miami, I can't wait. Like That's where the the playoffs are going to be, the champions. So we'll see when those get on sale. But Arizona is just a first round thing. You can get all 10 games or you can get five day games or five night games. It's still a lot because it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So even if we were to say, all right, let's go to Arizona and watch some games, that's You're a big You're saying commitment. you couldn't do five games? I don't Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's yeah, a hard you wouldn't, one. Yeah, but you wouldn't also be going to work. Right, You would be taking right. those days off. That's the, that's the key is how much leave I have is very limited. I need huh. to do some investigating. Do some investigating. All right. Uh, Japan is supposedly on sale, but the link was not working when I checked. Not that we're going to Japan. Taiwan coming soon. But more fun stuff. So so World Baseball Classics happening in March. In February, in Caracas, Venezuela, is going to be the Serie del Caribe, which is the championship of winter ball. And there are going to be eight teams this year. There were six last year. Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Panama, Colombia, and Venezuela all played last year. Colombia was the underdog winner, which was an an amazing thing. So cool to see them coming back as the returning champs. Two teams added, Cuba and Curacao. I think for Curacao, this is like a first thing. And and there are a lot of really great Curacao players in MLB that we've been keeping an eye on. 
So like six. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, but fun guys, fun guys. So let's see what happens with Curacao. Cuba has been in the series before twice, once pre-revolution. So 49 to 60. Well, revolution is 59. Took them a little while to get them weeded out. And then from 2014 to 19, they were in again and then booted out. So I, that's kind of some weird years to be back in and then back out. But they're, they're going to be playing the first game against Curacao. So the new two newbies are going to be facing off on February 2nd. The opening ceremony is that evening at 7.15 p.m. And if you're on the East Coast like us, it's super easy. It's the same time zone. Woohoo! Four games a day between February 2nd and the 8th. And now then, that's exhausting. It is a lot. But it's in our time zone. So there's going to be a game at some time that will be normal for us to watch so on I, all those days. I have a question for you. Yeah. You had been saying that you might not be as excited about Winter Ball because it's now the home for yeah. players that are on our never going to be a boyfriend list. Are you feeling that there's enough of those that are not that that you can be okay with this? So I'm starting to do a little bit of research into that. Okay, good. And and I'm, and I'm hoping that I can find enough teams, and I think I can with all good guys, and I'm starting just a minute in Venezuela, that I'm still going to be excited about Winter Good. Ball. It does suck that there are assholes in there. It super, super sucks that there are guys that are such assholes that they've either been, you know, driven out of MLB or just can't find a team because nobody's willing to take them. And then, you know, but... I'm still I'm still hopeful. It's still such just such a good energy. It's and and Jeremy Pena actually of the Astros uh, mentioned his experience in the Dominican League, saying that that was huge in preparing him for the big show. I don't know. So the, okay, February 10th is the championship game as well as the third place game. So set your calendars. So exactly what you're just talking about. I've been looking at the Venezuelan league, and. Mm. Also thinking a little bit about Craig Calcaterra's book, and I wish I could remember the fucking title, but it's basically about sports fandom and the, and the sports industrial complex. And he, he really advocates jumping ship in a way, like, like criticizing your team if they're not doing the right thing, especially, you know, socially or politically, then you can pick another team. Now, when that comes to MLB, it's just, it's really hard for me to say. I mean, the Red Sox have done a lot of shitty stuff over the years. You know, 2018, a big, big one with the cheating scandal. And and I just feel so connected. There's something about the, that I was just sort of eschewing that. But, you know, these Latin American teams, I pronounced myself a forever fan, what, a couple years ago? I'm thinking I might do a little jumping ship. And so the first one that I'm contemplating this in is Venezuela. Because, well, Caribbean's day, Answategi. If I can say Answategi more on this show. We're both like, grinning, so I know how much you like saying Answategi. I love it. Wait, hold on. Answategi. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And and who doesn't love Williams Estudio? Nobody doesn't the, love And the Tortuga, who can run like crazy and his beautiful hair. And he has a brother, Wilfred. And the two of them are both playing on the Caribbean's day Answategi. If that isn't enough to make me jump ship and go over there... Sugar Jesus is there. Jesus Sucre. And Estruba Cabrera, who was fun on the Nats. It, I don't know. That's, it, that right there is enough. And, you know, if I'm going to go with my, my Astros leaning in, their first base coach, Oscar Lopez, is the manager. And then the bench coach is Ruglas Odor, 
brother to Rugned Odor. And I remember when I first talked about it, and I meant to look this up and then totally forgot about it. They all have that Rug in their name, like the hall, the brothers and a bunch of uncles. And it has uh-huh. to do with a couple of grandparents and names that got merged. It's in a past episode. I wish I could flag which one, but so the part I'm going to put an asterisk on that. Was that leaning into your O's fandom? Uh, right. You're going to root for <laughs> them because for the of bench family. coach brother yeah, of Rugy Odor. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then the, the team that I had <laughs> picked, which was Cardinal de Lara, which I mostly did for a dear friend who I don't think listens to us anymore. If he does, then I'm really sunk. But um, <laughs> but you have a good reason. I do. I do. So so not only is Answategi clearly going to be a fun team, but the Cardinales have a former boyfriend of me, mine who is definitely an ex-boyfriend, who is Odubo Herrera, who uh, had a horrible domestic violence incident in 2019. Despite the fact that it was mighty damning, the Phillies re-signed him twice. He got DFA'd in August pretty much just because he was not having a good year. So I'm glad that he's not on the Phillies right now. I'm glad that he's not in the World Series. He is in Venezuela. I really don't feel the need to be rooting for him. So... I, that's I don't know I'm gonna I might be just trying out this allegiance swap thing I haven't bought any merch so I think that's also the other the other line like how much merch do you own I have zero Cardinalis merch Caribe's merch might be might be fun yeah last stop the, we had talked um, a, a while ago about MLB having games in other places as part of you know just gathering world attention and we talked about there was Mexico series and the Korea series was going to be interesting because it wasn't going to be a, an actual MLB team going over, but it was going to be a bunch of players put together to be Team MLB playing against Team KBO. It was about to happen in a couple of weeks, November 11th and 12th at one site and the 14th and 15th at another, and it was just abruptly canceled by MLB. MLB, it's the, everything I looked at, and I was trying really hard to find the reason – they just kept referring to contractual issues with and, the, with the promotions. Yeah, it was yeah. specifically with the company that was supposed to do promotions. But I couldn't get any more than that either. Well, there was one where where one of the the officials said the event was unable to meet the high quality of our Korean fan that our Korean fans deserve. So, and yet KBO has the remarkable use of the word perplexed, yes. which I think I saw <laughs> that like, I don't use perplexed mm-hmm. enough in my daily life. And mm. so I'm going to try to use perplexed once appropriately right. in the coming week. I'll report back to the class. But the KBO finds themselves perplexed by this cancellation because they said they, these fans who MLB is saying d- deserves more right. are disappointed now. Yeah, yeah. I think even Stephen Kwan was one of the players who was going to be going over in the team. So their players are getting ready. Everything, you know, they're, they're about to have this in a couple of weeks. What, November 11th? That's not too far in the future. And if you're dealing with some major international series, so I am very curious about whatever deal went sour as far as promotions I, I'm going to go whatever. out on a limb and say MLB is not making as much money as they thought they were going to make. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. But I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know. It's perplexing. It is perplexing. This, that doesn't count as right. my use. The word of the week, week. The word is of the perplexed. Week. Please report back to the class if you are able to work in the word perplexed as yes. part of your conversations <laughs> this week. Yeah, yeah. Send us your sentences. <laughs> hey, gosh, what are you doing this week? Anything going on? Uh, maybe some Holy sports cow. at times we can't watch them comfortably? So we're <laughs> recording on Sunday. This is very important because there is no game tonight. We are having a nightless, baseballless night. I'm almost at the end of my second beer. Baseball, no baseball tonight. <laughs> Tomorrow 
is game three and Tuesday is game four and our podcast drops on Tuesday afternoon. So you might be hearing us after you know more about what's happening in the World Series than we do. And I hope it was really fun and that you enjoyed that. Like the Phillies won that and game all that three. because they're playing. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, Sparkles and Thor are on game three. So that's fun for pitching, at least hair-wise. Sparkles' hair is it's Lance McCullers. His hair is growing out a little bit. Thor as well. Thor. And then who's on game four? I don't know. You guys might know already. We don't know. Maybe. Maybe they haven't even announced it yet. Who yeah. can tell? Who can tell? Um, so I've been having a like a, a fashion crisis. Oh. Okay, fashion may be pushing it. I might be having a gear crisis <laughs> okay. because clearly I'm all in for the fills and I have no oh. Philadelphia gear. But, you know, my father-in-law has decided that if you don't have gear for the team you're rooting for, like in a playoff game, mm. you wear Thunderbolts gear. So our, our collegiate, our summer collegiate okay. team that we're big fans of, the Thunderbolts, I'm wearing my Thunderbolts hoodie right now because I do not have Phillies gear. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get any, but, I'm, so I, but I do have plenty of T-Bolt stuff to wear for the remainder of the series, especially if it's Phillies in six, which it's going to be. I can do that. Oh, I forgot to do my caveat. So I, I said out loud Astros in five, Here we which, go. Is, which is t- super <laughs> stupid. And you guys might be laughing at me super now after game three because I'm, I'm guessing that the Phillies are going to make a pretty big statement in game three. Sparkles might still have that, that champagne elbow injury. That's true. And so that might be an issue. But I was thinking if – my prediction has gone to hell already by the time you've heard this. I've got to alter one part, but not both. So I have to either say Phillies in game five, in five games, five game five Phillies, or Astros in game six or seven. You know what I mean? So I've got to alter just part of that equation, but not the whole thing. You broke my head. <laughs> so the way I'm going to go is just I'm going to stick with the Astros because I think it would be pretty shitty of me to dump them at this point and just say Astros and Although seven. some of us could say you've come to your senses. Yeah. That's, and that's okay. <laughs> we would be fans. We would welcome yeah. you just as we Orioles fans have welcomed you wholeheartedly yeah. to our number because you're such an O's fan now. I, I'm going to give you- a little bit of, of a shout out to our good friend Susie out there who we know is a big Astros fan and our friend Brian too who honestly your your prize is going to be in the mail at some point and we're working on it. We it's going to be so well crafted. You'll really appreciate it. We're this. thinking about yeah. working on it, right? <laughs> yeah, we are. We know it's it's in process. Oh my gosh. So um in between watching the uh, the World Series games which are on way too late for those of us who are old and on the East Coast. Um, we hope that you are listening to some past episodes, checking up on some old boyfriends, on um, stories we have told in the past. If you have friends and family that um, you think might like to listen to us talk about baseball, please let us know about that. And if you have, I don't know, a use of the word perplexed or something for the corrections department or anything else you want to share with us, you can always find us on social media. I am feeling really weird about plugging Twitter right now. Yeah. Because Elon Musk has taken over and the fucking world is falling apart. If you're still on Twitter and you want to find a little island of happiness, I will still take your messages at NCIB Podcast. I'm really not sure what's going to happen to that whole medium because it's really fucking scary. So people... 
please like keep keep tuned because we might have an alternative. You can always find us on Facebook and Instagram. Like that's much better. At <laughs> No yeah. Crying and Bee Ball, you can go straight to the source and just email us at ncibpodcast at gmail dot com or go to our website, which is I'm not sure. You can do it. No Crying and Bee Ball. Isn't that's it. it. Dot com. Not crying in baseball. Yeah, you can. Sure. Yeah, find us. Find us. We're out there. We're there, and 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 we'd love to. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so until then, have you gotten your new booster? I, I hear it helps. Mm-hmm. I hear it helps. And um, also, please fight the man. It's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say good night, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Where do we blame me for the long first game in the Everywhere. opening? Everywhere. We blame you everywhere all the time. <laughs>